All right, thanks to uh, Allison and Zach and to uh, Jamie for the editing and the filming and the video. That was uh, it's one of the best things I've seen Jamie put together. So good work, man. And uh, um, we've heard a lot of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus and uh, the angels <laughs> and the baby Jesus. And uh, I, you never know what you're going to get. Everybody says Caitlin's so quiet, but she's a ham. So uh, get there. Pretty, good, pretty good stuff. But that was excellent. Good work. Thank you for being making this part of your, your day today to worship our Lord. Um, and as we've heard a lot from uh, Matthew and Luke and others over the last couple of weeks, um, that's not where we're going to be today. Uh, I'm going to th- throw it off. For one of my favorite Christmas verses, that's not in the Gospels. Um, and it's a passage I preached earlier this year. I got it written down here um, in June, Galatians chapter 4. I'm not going to go into deep expounding of all of that, but I invite you to go ahead and turn there as we get there. And uh, Galatians, uh, Galatians is one of the books that really sets in place what Christ did for us in fulfilling the law. And Christmas, we see that in fulfilling the prophecies. And, uh, and in here, we see this nice little wrapped up, tied in a bow spot. And I'm going to share a couple of, of things that uh, this morning, I hope, remind us of why we have Christmas. Um, there, is, there is nothing wrong with family and friends getting together to celebrate love and to give gifts to one another. But we can do that without Jesus. We can get together at any point in time. We can have a birthday party and, and give people presents and, and celebrate the love we have for one another. But Christmas is different. Christmas isn't just about the, the good things that we can do. And so much good happens over Christmas in our communities. People start thinking about others who are cold and others who are hungry and in need. And I think that's a wonderful thing. It drives us back to helping and serving our fellow man. But that's not just what it's about. We, we, we do that in order to bring glory to our Savior. See, we can work and work and work and work and work. We can be very, very tired. And I think by this morning, especially if you have children in your house right now, you're probably tired. <clears throat> I know I am. And I didn't even work as hard as Allison did on all that stuff. But we, we come to this day and it's a unique day where we can celebrate Christmas together on a Sunday. Um, and I, it, it's just an interesting time when Christmas happens on Sunday. All those of you guys who've, uh, we've got a few guys who've been pastors in here. When Christmas is on Sunday, it's a little different, right? You know, it's, it changes things that go around a little bit. Um, but uh, this is also the last Sunday of the year. And usually it works out that Christmas happens and then we have a last Sunday of the year. But as we look at this passage, I think it's a fitting conclusion to where we journeyed through as a church and looking at Galatians and even in recent months as we've been on the month-long cliffhanger now from the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Some people just want to know what happens. You can keep reading. It's okay. You can. It's okay. I don't mind. But next week, we'll look at that. This morning, I want to see, want us to just kind of examine and consider a short time on uh, what Christ came to do and why we celebrate him. So I invite you to stand. We're going to read the first four verses of, uh, sorry, the first seven verses of Galatians 4, and then we'll look a little bit later in the New Testament as well. 
I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fulfillment that we see here in this passage. We thank you for the celebration of love and giving. And I thank you for those, those wonderful times we can have together. But God, remember, remind us of the, uh, the reason we really gather and that you are our Savior. You are the one who's paid the price for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Now, my tendency is when I preach a, te- a passage out of context to start diving into the context, but we had about four months of context uh, earlier in the year, so I'm not going to dive real deep on this. But remember in Galatians, Paul and Galatians and Romans are similar. They're, Romans is kind of the, the final draft of Galatians. It's only three times as long, uh, but Galatians is kind of the uh, the... the, the compacted picture of what Christ did for us in fulfilling the law. And why does that matter? Because if the law had not been fulfilled, he uses this terminology in this passage, we would still be slaves to it. And by being slaves to it, that means we would be trying to earn and work for our salvation instead of working because of our salvation. And so, see, that's the difference in the culture that we see right now is because we, we have this picture in our world of if I'm, gonna be a good, if I'm a good enough person, I'll get into heaven. It's like we got to you know, have the balances weighed out, and that's right. But that's, that's not biblical. It's just not there. It never has been there. We are redeemed by God's grace. We are redeemed because He has given us the opportunity to trust Him. It's all His work. It's been completed by him, and it says in, in that in, even later in Scripture, from the dawn of eternity. God's plan was this, and it doesn't make much sense to the human mind. But I am sure glad he did it his way instead of me trying to figure out how to do it my way. Because when we, when we see what God did for us, we see that He is a holy and wonderful and perfect and beautiful and glorious God. And we could never come up with this ourselves. We could never figure out how to deal with all of these things that, that come before us like the problem of sin. And to realize that the wage, the price of sin is death. And if we try to work it out ourselves, that's what's going to happen. We're going to die. It's going to kill us. But salvation is a gift. And that gift comes through this baby that we celebrate. And this baby comes to fulfill the law and the prophets. And we see a whole lot of the prophets, as I mentioned a moment ago. We see a whole lot of the prophets in the Gospels, and especially in this spot here. 
You see it from Isaiah. You see it in, in going forward into Jesus' ministry as John the Baptist proclaims his coming. You see all of these things coming together that have been planned for a long, long time, even in worldly terms. But remember, God's plan was this the whole time. That he had this set up. And how does it come all together? Well, we then, when we find our place, when we find our trust in God, we become heirs of that rather than slaves to it. And that's what Christmas is about. That is that God has given us salvation. I love verse 4, and that's where I'm going to dwell a little bit here, and then we're going to go forward into 1 Timothy a little bit here. It says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. There's so much right there, but first of all, we have to realize that God did this. When the moment was perfect, He sent forth His Son. And you can look at history and see how it all works out together in the Roman Empire and why this was such a great time in Earth's history. But ultimately, we see that God's timing is what matters. And He came to fulfill His Word. And He came to to live out what God had planned, the Father had planned from eternity's past. He sent forth His Son, born of woman. And this matters because the seed of sin comes through man. The virgin birth matters because that is how we find our, our hope in a pure and spotless sacrifice that is Jesus. That Jesus did not have that seed of sin. He was tempted, but He did not sin. It became the perfect offering for us so that then we would be redeemed under the law because He paid the price for it. You can try to keep all the rules. You can try to do it all yourself, but you're going to mess up. And one mistake messes the whole thing up. It's not like a mosaic in that matter. It's got to be kept perfectly. And Jesus did it. Jesus paid the price for our sins. And ultimately, what is the purpose? That we might become His children. We might receive adoption. That is, that is a, a word that applies to all humanity, but I'm really glad it applies to us because I'm not Jewish. And that promise came and was fulfilled in Christ, the Jew of Jews, so that we might become adopted as sons of God. But remember, we are never worthy in ourselves of the gift. It is a gift. There is nothing you can do to deserve a gift. Sorry, I got, I got a little <laughs> going on this morning. <clears throat> I woke up this morning and my face was like twice the size of normal. Uh, all right. So we can't do anything to deserve it. It is at, at, the, at the glory of the giver. We are, we are thankful that God has given us this salvation and we praise Him for that. And it is always His work. And anything we do after that is a result of what He has already done for us. Keep that in your mind as you give. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, you, you should have a giving heart. We should be more about the giving than the receiving. Absolutely. 
but because God ultimately gave the best gift. And remember, we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas at all except that Christ died and rose. And that's why we keep coming back to this. I want to go to 1 Timothy chapter. I told you it wouldn't be very long this morning. I can go longer if you need me to. I can keep talking. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Um, there's a couple of spots in 1 Timothy that this would apply to, but I found this one. And Remember Paul, uh, and we're, I think we're going to go through the book of Acts this coming spring. Uh, we're actually in January once we get Joseph all tied up in a bow. Start going through the book of Acts. Now, I haven't done that in a preaching series before, and we may have to break it up in some chunks because Acts is long, and there's a lot there. But um, if you know the story of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul didn't start out as a very nice guy. I'm really not sure he ever even ended as a very nice guy, if you, if you really start seeing the way he addresses people. But sometimes you've got to have that, that, that word of, of authority that's a little tough. But Paul describes himself a little bit here. Paul was a persecutor of the church. He held the, the robes as they stoned Stephen, the first martyr. And then he went and wreaked havoc upon the church. And now he tells a little bit of his story, his testimony. Not necessarily all the things he did, but of who he was. Verse 12 of 1 Timothy says, I thank him, that is Jesus, who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, in other words, a bad dude. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. I want to read that again. Because some of you don't think you are worthy of God's forgiveness. I want to give you a hint. You, you aren't. But that's not what this is about. We're never going to be worthy of a gift. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Now here is the gospel, again, in a verse. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. God offers grace to everybody. And I don't know everybody's history here today, but... If you're concerned about your history, go read Acts chapter 8 and chapter 9. Go read 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Read this again. The people God chose to even write His word down were nothing more than sinners saved by grace. 
their sin, David's sin. Remember that guy, King David? He just did a few bad things. Paul's sin, he did a few bad things. And by a few, I'm using a little bit of liberty. (laughs) But God forgave. And there's two parts to that now. First of all, you have to realize that your salvation is a gift. It's nothing that you can do to earn it. And secondly, we are to offer that to one another. That's what the gospel is, is that we tell what God, there I did it again, all right? We tell others what God did for us. We're a fellow beggar telling others where to find the bread. The bread of life, that is Jesus. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we might find life and adoption as his children. God paid the price for your sin and for my sin, for the sin of the whole world. Every human who has ever walked on the face of the planet, he paid the price for their sin. And it's a gift. Will you receive it? That is the true gift of Christmas, is salvation in Him. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I think we could all say that last line, of whom I am the foremost. God loves us, and he proves it. He proves it at Christmas, yes. But there's a reason there's a cross behind me hanging on that wall. Because he died on that cross, not that one. Reminds us of the one he died on. though. The one he died on, wasn't that pretty? And he rose. On a Sunday morning. And they went, and they were going to get him ready, and he'd already left. You remember that part? Sometimes it doesn't go the way you planned it. And it's going to be okay. As a matter of fact, it's going to be glorious. God loves you. He's forgiven you, and he's offering you life today. Let's pray. Our God, you are so faithful to us. You're so good to us. I thank you for your love and your mercy. I pray, Father, as we worship you, that we are just continually reminded of your grace and how the fact that we will never be worthy of it. But that doesn't matter because you love us anyway. Let us never think of our salvation as something that we have done for ourselves something that is a gift, a gift of love, that you don't expect us to repay it because it's impossible to. We just expect us to receive it and to live like we have. I pray, Lord, that we can go from this place today living our lives as an offering to you. As we sing together, we are reminded of your gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand together and you're welcome to come and pray.